Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Freddie Sayers, and this is Unheard. Back in March, everyone's world suddenly changed. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. So on day one of lockdown, we launched Lockdown TV, a place where we could gather experts, scientists, writers, politicians, thinkers, to try to help us understand what was going on in this strange moment and what kind of world we were going to get at the end of it. And now, due to popular demand, here we are in podcast form. Welcome to Lockdown TV. So one feature of these lockdowns in the past year has been the consensus around them. A lot of people of the left and the right have agreed that lockdowns are the way forward. That has not been universal, however. There have been some voices of dissent, and two of them from the British parliamentary system are joining us today. So first of all, Lord David Blunkett. But I'm very strongly Uh, And this may come as a surprise to some of my colleagues really strongly in favour of saying to people, here is the evidence, here's the advice, now use your own common sense. A famous figure of the New Labour movement and former Home Secretary, and from the Conservative Party, Sir Charles Walker. We have just done, in my view, a terrible, terrible thing, a terrible thing, and we will regret it for a long time to come a prominent backbencher and vice chairman of the 1922 committee, which is the all-important backbencher group that decides the leader of the party in one way or the other. Let me start with you, uh, Lord Bunkett. So why do you think it is that voices like yours from the left, from the Labour Party, have been so few and far between in raising concerns around lockdowns as a policy? I think people have had their own concerns, but as a consensus, the view has been that the British public are overwhelmingly in favour of caution. And and that's true. I think that Charles and I are not in the mainstream in terms of the way people respond to polling, although I think it might be very different if the furlough system came off and people felt the full force of what's happening in the economy and in the rest of our lives around us. So I think we're we're in a minority. I think there's a feeling that the the health issues overwhelm everything else. And my view is they're critically important, but they need to be balanced by the damage we're doing to ourselves as well as to our country and our economy more broadly. And Charles has been a pioneer on mental health issues. And 
frankly, I'm really, really concerned about that, including with young people who have been the big losers. And it's why I've been campaigning virtually since this began uh, to ensure that we got children back in school. And I'm very pleased that we're doing that from the 8th of March. I, I wish we were moving slightly faster, but not massively, but slightly faster on opening up the economy and allowing people to use their common sense. I'm all in favour of people being given good advice and outrageous flouting of sensible measures being clamped down on. But I'm very strongly, uh, and this may come as a surprise to some of my colleagues, really strongly in favour of saying to people, here is the evidence, here's the advice, now use your own common sense. So Charles, so you've been, you've, some of your uh, videos, your speeches in the comments have become kind of viral sensations. You've become a bit of a hero of the anti-lockdown movement. In your case, what do you think it was about you as distinct from the majority of your party that has been troubled by this? I just think that the costs are so, the costs are so huge. When we had the data after the first lockdown in May, and I understand why the first lockdown happened last year from March to May, because it, it was all new. But when we had the data, I think um, I'm in line with David Blunkett. We could have given really strong advice to, to the elderly people, stay at home, um, look after yourselves, and we're going to give you all the advice you need, and we're actually going to uplift your pensions to make it worthwhile. And those of you with underlying health conditions, we want you to work from home where you can, and we'll give you a bonus on top of what you're what your employer pays you. And those of you who can't work from home because your machinists are on the shop floor, but you have an underlying health condition, we'll pay you to stay at home and give you a bonus. And if you work in a, in a care home, we'll do two weeks on and two weeks off with testing before you go back. And if you dare suggest that as an alternative model, you are literally howled down at the moment. You are literally howled down. There's too many vested interests in the path that we followed. But I, I do a lot in mental health. That doesn't make me anything special, but I, I keep a close eye on it. And the damage we are doing to people is just extraordinary. We are creating a tidal wave of anxiety, not just mental illness, but anxiety. And that anxiety is going to end up on our streets, at the school gate, in our classrooms, in our homes, in bars, in police stations, because anxiety manifests itself when people get angry and stressed, and then eventually it will end up in the NHS. I, I think we're in a really, really, really bad place. Why do you think the political conversation, as you've described it, has become so one-sided or fraught? Objections, as you say, are kind of overridden. It's, it's become quite illiberal, hasn't it? Would you agree with that? Well, I don't really do Twitter and I don't do Facebook. It's so angry. It's so nasty. It's, it's you know, Toby Young of Lockdown Skeptics is often told that he has, has blood on his hands by journalists. Now, I don't know Toby Young and I'm, I, I don't really follow Lockdown Skeptics too young, but I know Toby Young is not on Sage, um, is not in the Cabinet and has not attended a Cobra meeting. All he's doing is putting another point of view. And when people seem to put another point of view saying, hold on, there might be a different way of doing it, they just have hell rained down on them by people. And it's really unpleasant. Can I just say, I, I find myself with some strange bedfellows. I mean, I, I, I disagree with Toby Young on just about everything else he says. Uh, and I, this evening, I wouldn't want to go into that. 
But on this, I respect his right to have an, uh, an alternative view. And it's that respect for each other's views and being able to have a dialogue. For instance, about the, the number of people who've died because of what happened with residential homes, the ticking of a box on people in hospital who are said to have had COVID uh, on their death certificate, when actually I know a lot of people personally whose family members went in with something else that was life-threatening and caught COVID in hospital. And because of that, it was on their death certificate. We're, not, we're, we're entitled to ask the questions, to interrogate the evidence, to listen to a range of scientists, to come to a view, not an irrational view. What Charles said a few minutes ago is not irrational. It's an alternative path. And if you're not careful, you end up with people pretending that they're going along with all these measures and they're breaching them. And if they breach them to the point where you get a breakdown of the, of the sensible uh, commitment to the rules, then this starts to disintegrate. Just give you an example. Ran my dog in the park before I came to do this podcast and the playground was full of children. The football pitches were all fully in use and people were walking around in groups. And so there's a great belief that everybody is somehow wholly in favour. What they're in favour of is what they happen to be doing. David Blunkett, are you surprised? We talked about this, the question of illiberalism or whether having a dissenting view is no longer tolerated. I mean, you, you I would say, belong to a, a generation of high liberals uh, who, who believed in things like open borders and, and due process, tolerance of different viewpoints. These were the great principles of liberalism as it used to be. Where have liberals like you vanished off to? Oh, well, I'm a contradiction because I'm very strongly in favour of both free speech and defended the newspapers when it was unpopular, uh, including the fact that they'd been extremely unpleasant to me 15, 16 years ago and in favour of free thought and free expression. Uh, but I'm not a libertarian. In other words, I'm not someone, I'm not a hedonist. I don't believe that anything goes. So I'm a bit of a contradiction in small c conservative social attitudes, but a very strong commitment to a democracy being participative, not, not taking the word from the top down. And I think that we've when we get out of this in the summer, God willing that all of this will be over and the vaccines, which we're putting so much faith in, rightly will work. I don't know why people who are strongly in favour of the vaccine are then somehow stumbling around believing the vaccine won't be the solution when it, when it clearly will. I think in the summer we'll need to reset the, uh, the political dialogue because otherwise we'll become used to being told what to do from above. And um, that's bad for all of us, but it's particularly bad for democracy. What's your analysis of why voices like yours have been in such a minority? It's been a bit of a surprise, hasn't it? And not only amongst par parliamentarians, but also in the general public. The polls keep showing this huge enthusiasm for more restrictions and greater lockdowns. Have you been surprised by it? And why do you think it's gone that way? Sir Charles? I, look, uh, because people are frightened and uh, the political class and the media and the scientists on stage have been very, very good at frightening people. We've had these uh, amazing television campaigns which basically say 
uh, you're going to kill people if you leave your home. And that is what they are saying, the look into their eyes campaign that has created huge levels of anxiety and concern. Um, I think it's been a, a, a deeply unpleasant advertising campaign, uh, but it has been a deliberate plan to create terror. And uh, that's what happens when you terrorise people, you make them angry, you make them stressed, you make them aggressive. Um, and I'm afraid it's just the general direction of travel as far as how people now communicate through um, Twitter and, and other things. Why would a government want to deliberately frighten its people? Well, because it wanted to keep infections rates down and it wanted to keep deaths down. I'm afraid the legacy of that, as I said in Parliament yesterday, is going to be a very long tale of mental health problems um, and, and a huge, as I've just said moments ago, wave of anxiety um, across society. And that isn't going to dissipate overnight. We've got people who are so terrified they won't leave their homes. We've got children who won't go outside because they're frightened if they catch something and bring it back, they'll kill their parents. We've got adolescents self-harming. We, ha we have just done, in my view, a terrible, terrible thing, a terrible thing. And we will regret it for a long time to come. Do you feel on the Conservative side that there's a large body of MPs who agree with you but are cautious about speaking up? How would you kind of estimate the size of the disquiet around all of this? I mean, it's absolutely clear. I'm not in the COVID recovery group. Um, I, I think there's some fantastic people that are, but I'm doing my own thing. Um, I think there's a lot of unease and concern on the Conservative benches. I think there is growing unease and concern on, on the Labour benches as well. Uh, John Speller gave a very good speech in Parliament recently about the need to get people back to work. So, uh, look, we're not isolated, but when the entire direction of travel, when the entire establishment um, is, is against you and, and won't entertain in a civil way your concerns, then people just tend to shut up and keep their heads down. Lord Blunkett, what about on your side of the aisle? Have you noticed uh, growing dissenting voices and disquiet on the Labour side? Well, very quiet voices. People are not putting their heads above the parapet. I think partly because we're not in government. So if you like, we're not in charge. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
uh, and because the leader of the party, for all kinds of reasons, has been extremely cautious uh, in his approach. My, my concerns have been the total inconsistency of everything that has happened. If you take last summer, we were just getting back onto an even keel. And then for, for what seemed to be reasonable economic reasons, we had Eat Out to Help Out, which was the most insane thing to do in terms of people all meeting, cross crisscrossing the country, uh, going to restaurants people had never been to before, seeing if they could get a tenor off. And then within three weeks, we got the Sage Group saying, oh, dear me, we need a lockdown now, you know, 21st of September. Uh, they were all saying it's doom and gloom again. They didn't say a word, by the way, uh, in July when the Eat Out to Help Out was was announced. So I'm I'm worried about the inconsistencies, the contradictions, the moving from one extreme to another, which is almost like being in a Formula 8 novel. Um, and, you know, when we look back on this, I think we'll find that's true, including the contradictions from the early stages to now about the scientific advice that was being given and the equivocation. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to wear a face covering in all public places. That's not a major inconvenience. But believe me, back in the summer, there was all sorts of arguments going on about whether it was relevant and useful and effective. Uh, when we look back on all of this, it'll be interesting to see who was right and who was wrong. Do you feel that the timetable laid out by the Prime Minister yesterday will roughly happen and that this will kind of disappear in the rearview mirror? Or do you think there will be further battles ahead to regain normality? Oh, I think there'll be battles in terms of readjusting to normal life. I think the people who have been on furlough, millions of them, I think the people who have been unemployed, I think the people who Charles described have never been out of their house, readjusting to any kind of normality is going to be a massive challenge. It will have an impact on productivity, on our life and continuing well-being for some time to come. And I think there should be a recovery programme geared to that. The psychology that Charles has described in terms of those daily press conferences should be turned into something positive if we're going to recover, not just economically in terms of uh, restoring growth and getting people into meaningful jobs, but actually the kind of life that we want to lead and the way in which people can get up in the morning and get themselves to work. So I think there's a very big challenge. On, on the simple front, will, will we have come out of this in June? Well, look, if we, are, if we haven't and the vaccines failed, we're stuffed and the whole strategy will have been stuffed. So let, let's, I, I happen to believe in the vaccine. I believe that this is a solution and I think we should hold our nerve and then talk about next winter being another disaster area, which some scientists are talking about, is really, really unhelpful. Charles Walker, what do you think? Do you think this is over? I, I hope so, and I agree with David. I mean, I think you can be a sage scientist and advise the government, or you can be a scientist that goes on the airwaves, TV and radio, but it has been so damaging to have these various scientists from SAGE bidding each other up on the airwaves, creating huge concern. And, and I think it is, it is pretty disgraceful when they're introduced as X, Y and Z professor. X, Y and Z is a sage scientist, but is here in his or her own capacity. They're not there in their own capacity. They are there as, as, as a sage scientist. And of course, they've never been more in demand 
they've never been more intellectually engaged. But I think having these various scientists on our airwaves and in our newspapers day after day after day after day, bidding each other up, scaring constituents, my constituents, to the point where some have just been debilitated. Again, I'm sorry if I sound emotional, has been utterly disgraceful. And I hope there's a public inquiry and I hope people are held to account. I'll be held to account at the ballot box. Yeah, Um, I want the cheerleaders for this, the ruthless cheerleaders for this. It may well be that they're right, but I want them held to account. I really do. I want a public inquiry and I want them held to account for what they've done. You've talked about goalposts moving in the past. Uh, As of yesterday, we now have a new set of goalposts with a new set of tests attached. If those goalposts start shifting again, and if those dates are not met, what kind of action will you be taking? Well, I mean, I'll take the action that I've been taking and will continue to take. I will speak in Parliament. I'm not afraid to speak in Parliament. I'm not afraid to share my views. I think it's when you try and dodge and duck the questions, that's when you get in trouble. Um, I think it's wrong. Originally, when we started this last March, it was we were going to do this to ensure that the NHS wasn't overwhelmed. Now, a whole series of new tests have been introduced. And I'm afraid that my constituents who work in the private sector are not expendable cannon fodder. Their jobs are all essential because they do that job. That's what pays their mortgage, puts food on their table, gives them a sense of pride and a sense of place in their community. And they're not expendable. And... um, it's, it's, I will continue to use my voice as best I can as a, as a backbencher. Uh, Lord Blunkett, do you think you'll be called upon to uh, make more unlikely friends like Charles Walker and, and renew some sort of resistance campaign? Or do you think this is a done deal now? I think it's a done deal. I think that I'd, I'd like it to be accelerated. I think June the 21st is a very long way off. And I think things like uh, aviation are going to be on the verge of collapse when people are just booking and hoping to be able to to take holidays, which incidentally has become almost de rigueur. People are sort of, you mean you want to take a, an overseas holiday? You you want some sunshine? You know, we've got into a kind of Cromwellian puritanical mode where really, you know, wanting to enjoy yourself is uh, is is almost tantamount uh, to breaking some sort of new rules. So. I'm very strongly hopeful that we'll be out of this and that we can move, as I described earlier, to the recovery stage, both economically but particularly socially, and to be able to reflect on this. Charles is probably right. An inquiry will throw up all kinds of questions. One thing that all the uh, pundits on the radio have in common is that they all appear to still be on full salary, working primarily from home. It's worth just bearing that in mind. How do you both feel that the Chinese involvement has shown itself? The whole idea of confining people to their homes by government decree was created in China and it was then adopted internationally after that. Do you feel that had this virus emerged in France or North America, we would ever have even considered lockdowns? Uh, Sir Charles? Well, I don't know how to answer that question, but I will will say that I've voted against every lockdown that there's been a vote, vote held on, on the basis that A, I will not criminalise protest, and B, I will not criminalise parents seeing their children and children seeing their parents. It is fundamental. 
It is as fundamental as that. I will not criminalise parents for seeing their children and children seeing their parents. And when I hear the Secretary of State for Health and others saying, well, you can hug your family at some point in May, it absolutely makes my blood boil. I, I just cannot, I, I can't understand what we have done. We have robbed people of their agency. We've robbed people of the ability to make their own decisions. People are anxious and upset and desperate because they don't feel they have any control um, in their lives and events in their lives. And, and as David said, you know what? It's not so much the week in the sunshine that matters. It's the fact that you can plan to take the week in the sunshine, that you can book something that's for you. And I, look, every time you ask me these questions, I come back and at the end of my response, I'm almost speechless because I am just incredibly angry. And angry is not a good mo uh, it's not a good it's not a good place to be being angry. But I just I am so angry. Lord Blanca, let me let me put that to you slightly. I mean, the 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 question of China has been talked about a lot. And in a sense, it's a process that began with your government, the Blair government, and has been hastened by the Cameron government of kind of um, becoming closer to the Chinese government. And now suddenly Western governments talk a lot about how effective they are and how what a clever way to um, control the population in cases like epidemics um, they have found. Are you anxious that the West is becoming more Chinese rather than China becoming more Western? Well, I think there's been a reaction over the last few months, maybe the last two years against that very strongly. Um, and let me put it this way. I went to China first in 1983. I wouldn't want to live in China. I wouldn't like to live in that particular, uh, under that particular regime, and particularly the one that's uh, in place at the moment. Uh, and I wouldn't want anybody to actually have to transfer that particular command uh, and control, uh, both socially and economically, uh, to this country. And I would fight very hard against that. So the answer is that the Chinese have developed an understanding uh, of the way in which they comply uh, over not just the communist era from 1949, but long, long before that. We wouldn't want to put up with it for one moment, and we should be very wary uh, of everything we do. On the, on the economic front, we should be extremely robust, not just as a nation, but internationally with the Chinese, but they are the second largest economy now in the world, and we need to learn how to deal with them, and dealing with them needs a bit of good statescraft and clever political operation, and not just a head in the wall. Final question for you both. I know it's always sensitive to talk about the leadership. You're both uh, members of these political parties. But what is your message to your respective leaders? I mean, we now have a new leader of the Labour Party in Keir Starmer. Lord Blunkett, what would you like to see him do differently on this pandemic topic? Uh, I'd say I understand why being cautious has been the theme, because you, you, get you don't get blamed for caution you get blamed for being um, too optimistic and too radical. My, my message to Kia privately and publicly is be brave, think ahead, think of the next step and the one after that, and try and be ahead of the game. Because if we're coming out of this, there's going to be enormous, new, enormous challenges, some of which we've discussed together, uh, and which will require a challenge both to the present government, but also 
a very different profile for my own party. Charles Walker, what, what would you say to the Tory leadership? I'd say this, for the past two months, the only place that a group of people can gather together and dissent about their freedoms being removed without fear of arrest is the chamber of the House of Commons. That is not a country I, I want to live in. And the fact that, we've, that we have done this. So the only place where voices can be raised collectively is in the House of Commons. If I gathered on the streets with four or five of my constituents to do it in a peaceful way, I would face arrest. It's shocking. It's utterly shocking. So I'm sorry, I haven't got much to say to the Prime Minister. I just, I'm saying it to you. Charles Walker, David Blunkett, thank you both so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. That was Sir Charles Walker and Lord Blunkett uh, agreeing quite a lot. Uh, unusual bedfellows, you might think, one senior figure from the Labour Party and a senior figure from the Conservative Party, but showing that not everyone is in agreement about these policies. And even as they wind down, there will be major questions to ask. So thanks for tuning in. This was Lockdown TV. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.